Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today, I'm super excited to be back in the studio for another show this week, and we have Noah and April with us today. It's been exciting. Noah's been in a couple of times, but April has been away for a while, so it's really good to have her back. But first, we'll talk to Noah. How have you been, mate, since last time you've been on the show? Oh, pretty good. Not much has been happening. I went to big camp. That was pretty yep. good. Yeah. Nice. What did you do at big camp? Helped out in the junior tent. So, yeah, just helped um, helped out with the kids and mm-hmm. helped out with some of the activities. So, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. There was something else that you did at uh, big camp because you helped me with it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was hosting with you. Yes, you did. And you did a really good job being at the front and speaking to the young people. How was that quiz that we did? Yeah, it was really good seeing the kids really getting into it and answering the questions and hearing all their different opinions on it. Yeah, it was good. That was so loud, hey? Oh, man, I've got like half my hearing is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. For our listeners out there, the quiz was we're asking them what they would rather between two different things. And, you know, we had things like KFC or McDonald's, soccer or basketball, and we had just all these other different lists. But the last one we had was like mangoes or bananas, and that one just went off, didn't it? Yeah, it did. They were so loud about that Mm. one, and it was evenly split, so they were so noisy about it. They were, and it was so much fun. I really enjoyed having the kids so involved. Yeah, it's like being up the front, you almost get energy back from them, like which is really cool. Yeah, you do. So, April, how have you been? Yeah, I've been really good. Um, this morning was awesome. Noah and I went and did some door knocking, which was pretty fun. And we got to talk to lots of people and had some pretty interesting conversations. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So what was it about these conversations that made it awesome? Uh, we were just talking to people about what they think about God and mm-hmm. um, just sort of trying to make some connections and talk about you know things that we might think are similar or different and... Um, Yeah, trying to meet them where they're at sort of thing. Yep. So did you get a lot of interest? Like what was the census of the community of their idea of God? Well, a lot of people went home. Um, A lot of people. (laughs) The people that were home um, sort of open to it. There were a few that weren't. But, um, yeah, lots of people were willing to have a chat and um, we got to pray with a few people and, Mm. um, yeah, that was good. That's awesome. I found it pretty interesting how there was more people than I thought that were actually um, actually open to it. You know, often yep. you'll mention God and people will just be like, no, thank you, and just slam the door in your face. And there was yep. a lot of people that were actually like they listened and actually, you know, talked to you a bit. Oh, that's awesome. It's always um, nice. I know when I did some door knocking once before, it's, it's hard when you're trying to tell people about the gospel and what Jesus has done for them and they just slam the door in your face. Like it can be a bit discouraging because you're like, you've got this life-changing truth that you want to share with people. Yeah. Well, I think that's really awesome that you two went out and did that this morning. I went and helped a church member put on the roof. He was putting some trusses on his roof. He's building his own house. So I'm a carpenter by trade. I was a carpenter before I was a pastor. So I went over and gave him a hand for a couple of hours this morning. You know, what better things to do on a Friday morning than to go put up a roof, right? (laughs) But it was really good though because I really enjoyed being back on the tools. Now, April, you've been away for a couple of months. You've been up at a rise. Um, Share with us here in the studio and our listeners on what that experience was like. 
it was really cool. Um, just being in an environment where everyone else who's there is searching for that deeper relationship with God. And then like, you know, in the afternoons when we're doing outreach, just being able to share what we've been learning in class. And it was just really, really awesome. It was just, yeah, it's almost like a little piece of heaven. Yeah, it is. I actually found the same thing when I did Arise. You know, you had everyone was there for, they're all in one accord. Right? Yeah, we were all there yeah. to learn. Now, you guys did something a little bit different than me. So when we did outreach, we went door knocking, looking for Bible studies. But something happened while you guys were up at Arise, which stopped you from really giving Bible studies to people, but you really were able to reach the community. Would you like to share what happened there? Yeah, so we had the um, the floods up at mm. Kingscliff, and it was pretty bad in some areas. So for a lot of our outreach, it was going and helping people clean up their houses. So um, moving furniture out, pulling up carpets and you know, shoveling mud and all sorts of yucky stuff like that, but it yeah. was good. <laughs> and that's sort of really um, our bread and butter, so to speak, in serving the community and you had that opportunity to um, serve in that capacity. Yeah, and know? it was always like very much appreciated by the people mm. and it was able. we were able to – I think have conversations that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to have with people. Yeah, and it's basically practicing what we preach. Yeah. You know, we preach about serving our community, loving our community, and in a disaster like that, you and everyone else that arise and the different churches and the community up there are able to get in and help all those people that were suffering from the loss of homes and different things because of the flood. Yeah. Now, how did Arise sort of change your spirituality and your relationship with God? Um, it certainly made God seem a lot more real in a mm-hmm. sense. Like you, you grow up in the church and you sort of have this idea of God and that he is there, but you never actually fully experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to go to something like Arise and um, – you're doing outreach and you're having these answers to prayer all the time and it just makes God seem so much more real and close and personal, which um, I think that that was probably a really big thing for me. That's awesome. I'm so glad that that was an experience that you had. That was um, similar to me. I kind of got the whole point of understanding what I believed from the Bible. Yeah. You know, growing up in the church, you hear it from the front of church, but you don't really always check your Bible. Yeah. You know, and that's something that we want to encourage here on the show is that when we give these studies, we don't expect you to take our word for it. We want you to go back to the Bible and study it for yourself. Because when you get your answers and truth from the Bible, then you know it's from the Bible and not from other people's opinions or thoughts. Yeah, it's so true. As Bible-believing Christians, we really need to have that foundation and know for Mm. ourselves that what we believe is from the Bible. And, you know, we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to really guide us so that we can get the message out of the Bible that God wants us to get that's really relevant for us. And even just praying just in our everyday life just for Him to guide us. And speaking of prayer, April, Mm. you've got a really good story about cows and prayer from (laughs) our eyes that I think you should share. (laughs) I think so too. That's a good story. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, When we were cleaning up people, helping people clean up their houses and things after Mm -hmm. the floods, we went to this farm. I was probably 20 minutes out of Kingscliff and um, we were helping this lady. She lived right on the river and so her whole property had just been pretty much washed away and, wow. um, you know, we were helping her put fences back up and things and um, she was telling us about her cows. She had a bunch of cows that had been washed away in the floodwaters 
and she didn't know where they were. And you know, when when we'd been talking to other people, we'd heard stories of you know dead cows floating down the river and things. And so when we heard this lady telling us about how her cows had all floated down the river, we were like, oh, there's probably not much chance that they're alive, really. Yeah. Um, but we decided we'd pray with her anyway because she was like pretty emotional. She had some other things going on in her life that was just you know she had a lot on her plate yep. at the time. So yeah, we prayed for her. We prayed. Um, that God would find her cows and that um, she had a family member who was pretty sick in hospital and it wasn't looking good, so we were praying for her family as well. Um, and then before we left, I got her phone number so I could check in with her. And oh, probably I think it was about four days later, I sent her a message just to see how she's going, and she was so excited. She told me that um, she'd found all her cows and she oh, wanted wow. to tell us all about it mm. and that we had to go visit her. So... We went and saw her and she was just so excited telling us about how every single one of her cows had been found. Like everyone, every one of them was in a different place, but they were all like safe and well and like not even injured or anything. And like, it was just amazing because like these cows had been floating around in flood water for who knows how long and they were all like well and healthy and it was just awesome. And then, um, we asked her about how her family member who was sick was going and um, she got all excited again and she's telling us about how the doctors had been able to find out what was wrong and they're able to provide the treatment that's needed now. So, yeah, wow. it's just really, really awesome to see God working and answering those prayers. Yeah, wow, that is an awesome story. I really enjoy hearing that because it really shows that God cares about the little things. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's hard to... Talk to some people about how we can say that's an answer to prayer and that God looked after that situation, but yet so many other people lost everything. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have all the answers. We don't know why God didn't stop everything, but we do have to take those little moments where where God showed up for people in those Ways And you know what? I think all through those floods, God showed up for everybody in one way or another. Yeah. may not have been the way they wanted it, but he was still there. They've still got their lives. They've still got their families. And, you know, a lot of people are still safe, even though a lot of property has been damaged. Yeah. We're about to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into our Bible study. And you can follow along with our Bible study today. So, Noah... If our listeners want to follow along with our Bible study today, how do they do that? Well, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study, you can text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888808831. Today we are on study guide 12, Symbol of the Sun. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you that fits perfectly with our study today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is Jaden Lavick with Turn Your Eyes. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior. Life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth 
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today, we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP12 with no spaces to 04 31 Our study is titled Symbol of the Sun. Let's pray before we start our study today. Dear Jesus, we want to thank you that we're able to come together in the studio to have this study, Lord. And I just pray that you be with us in the studio as we are presenting this Bible study, Lord. And I just pray that you'll give us a blessing and that you will be with our listeners as they are listening. And please bless them. Some of the information in this study is going to be new to a lot of people, Lord. And I just pray that... You know, your spirit goes before us and that opens the hearts and minds to everyone about what your word actually says and that you'll give us all a desire to follow you and your word no matter what. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Throughout history, many ancient cultures worshipped the sun. Light and heat were essential elements to cultures depending on agriculture. As a result, the great forces of the sun became the object of their worship. Sun worship began in Babylon with the god Shamash and spread to Egypt, Ra, Assyria with Baal, Persia with Mithra, and Canaan with Moloch. Over time, sun worship spread to Greece, the Aztecs, the Incas of Peru, Japan, India, and the Empire of Rome. Yeah, you know, the sun and its life-giving rays became a universal religious symbol. This symbol can be seen in the art and architecture of virtually every ancient civilization of the world. By the time of pagan Rome, sun worship was typically conducted on the first day of the week, while the Hebrews simply numbered the days of the week, except for the seventh day, which was called the Sabbath. The pagan religions named the days according to their planetary gods. The first day of the week became Sunday, since the sun was the greatest of all the stars and planets. God was very clear in his opposition to false worship. He's in Deuteronomy 17 verse 3, he's The Bible says, Who has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or the moon, or any other host of heaven which I have not commanded? See, in the early church, there was a clear distinction between God's people and the surrounding pagan nations. Those who followed the Creator God worshipped Him on the seventh day Sabbath, honouring their Creator, whereas the pagans worshipped on the first day of the week, honouring that which was created, the sun. Yeah, you're right. Did you know in the book The Da Vinci Code, Sir Lee Teabing makes an interesting observation. He says on page 314 and 315, it says, Even Christianity's weekly holy day was stolen from the pagans. Originally, Christianity honored the Jewish Sabbath of Saturday, but Constantine shifted it to coincide with the pagans' veneration day of the sun. To this day, most churchgoers attend services on Sunday morning with no idea that they are there on account of the pagan sun god's weekly tribute. Is Lee Teabing correct in his view of history? Did the Sabbath change from Saturday to Sunday? If so, who made the change and when was it accomplished? Should Christians keep Sunday in honour of the resurrection? Is it possible that Christians today are honouring the sun god instead of the son of God? In this study guide, we will discover the amazing secrets behind one of the greatest deceptions and cover-ups throughout history, the change of the Sabbath. This leads us into question one of our study, which says, according to the Bible, which day is the Lord's day? There are two texts that are going to answer this question. The first one is Exodus 20.10, and it says, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. The second text is found in Mark 2.28, and it says, Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. It's interesting, isn't it? And um, according to Revelation 1 and verse 10, the Bible does say that the Lord has a special day, and this is a day that's been blessed and made holy. Yeah, you're right, it is. And did you know, in both the Old and New Testament, the Lord's day is the Sabbath. Not once does the Bible refer to Sunday as the Lord's day. It's just another work day within the week. Question two in our study says, Does the Bible indicate that Sunday is the new worship day for Christians? 
the underlying principle throughout this Secrets of Prophecy study series is the commitment to base every belief on one thing and one thing alone, the Word of God. In the entire Bible, there is just nine references to the first day of the week. You will now be able to examine every passage to see for yourself what the Bible says about Sunday. The first one is about the creation of the world, and we find that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 5. And the Bible says, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Genesis provides the historical record of God creating the world. God worked on the first six days of the week and then rested on the seventh. Genesis 2.2 The days of creation point out where and how the seventh day was established as the Sabbath. The next five verses we're going to read all have to do with the resurrection of Jesus. The first one is found in Matthew 28 verse 1 and it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began at dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. The next verse is in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices, that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And our third verse is found in Mark chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. And our fourth verse is found in Luke 24 and verse 1. And it says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing their spices, which they had prepared. And the next verse is John chapter 20 and verse 1, which says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. These five references to the first day of the week provide a historical account of the resurrection of Jesus. Not one of them indicates that Sunday was or would become a holy day. A couple of other interesting points from these texts are that the first day of the week is the day after the Sabbath. Therefore, Sunday could not possibly be the Sabbath of the Bible. And also, the women came to do some work on Sunday that they were not prepared to do on the Sabbath. Yeah, you're right. And did you know, the book of John, which was written over 60 years after the resurrection, does not even hint at a change in this day of worship. The first day is not referred to as the Lord's Day or the New Sabbath. Jesus rested in the tomb on the Sabbath and rose again on the first working day of the week, Sunday. The next verse that we're going to have a look at is in John chapter 20 in verse 19. And it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. So this group of discouraged disciples is huddling together in a room because they were scared of the Jews. They weren't there for a worship service. Mm -hmm. 
They had just witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus and they were fearful of suffering the same fate. Yeah, and you know, the disciples did not even believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. So they certainly weren't holding a worship service in honor of the risen Christ. The next Bible verse that we're going to read about the first day of the week is when Paul was preaching. And that is found in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 and 8. And the Bible says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Here, we find Paul preaching a very long sermon. As a traveling evangelist, Paul preached on most days of the week. On this occasion, he was preaching at night on the first day of the week. According to the Bible, a day begins and ends at sunset. That's Genesis chapter 1 and verse 5 and Leviticus 23 verse 32. With the dark part of the day coming first. Thus, Paul was preaching Saturday night. He continued preaching until midnight. You know, on the next morning, Sunday, Paul walked nearly 30 kilometers from Troas to catch his boat at Assos. He certainly didn't treat the day as a rest day or as a day of worship. There's some Christians that believe that because the church broke bread on the first day, that Sunday must be a holy day. But the reality is that Jesus broke bread on Thursday night mm. just prior to his crucifixion. And the early church also broke bread on a daily basis as they moved from house to house. Once again, there's no evidence in the text that says that Sunday has replaced the Sabbath or has become a new day of worship. The next verse we're going to look at is in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 1 and 2. And it says, Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. This request by Paul to budget and put aside goods, most likely food and clothing, for those suffering in Jerusalem on the Sunday does not refer to an offering in a worship service. This is a collection for the saints, not of the saints. This letter was probably read to the church on the Sabbath, and the first possible time they could fulfill Paul's request would have been after the Sabbath on the next day, Sunday. He was simply asking the church to get everything organized by working on the Sunday, so he didn't need to worry about the issue whenever he arrived in Corinth. In the nine passages of the Bible that refer to Sunday, none of them mention a change of the Sabbath. None of them say Sunday is a holy day or offer the promise of a blessing for keeping it, and none of them forbid work on that day, and none of them mention that anyone in the Bible was keeping that day in place of the Sabbath. Yeah, you're right. And did you know... It is clear that there is no evidence from the Bible that Sunday is anything other than a workday. Any Christian who attempts to keep Sunday holy and disregard the Sabbath does so without any scriptural authority. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888880831. Today we are on study guide 12, the symbol of the sun. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you that fits perfectly with our study today. 
so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tablelands Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Anna Beden with Wool Over Your Eyes. I like that you've got the wool over your eyes Cause it suits me fine to know that you don't even realize I like the way that you don't question anything And I love the way that you go along with everything I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know You don't even know And I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know And you don't even know Just don't think about it Live life to the full It doesn't really matter What's really real Keep that bell real close, oh, don't peek through It doesn't really matter what's really true And it suits me just fine It suits me just fine Cause you're trapped in your habits and you don't realize what you've lost Be the- 
Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some of them will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in learning what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for the Tableland Explorers, or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 12 and question 3. So question 3 says, In the scriptures, what memorial symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? And we find the answer to that in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 6, which says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So there is a common thought that Sunday worship was introduced to commemorate the resurrection of Christ. From a biblical perspective, though, baptism is the Christian experience that honors the resurrection. Yeah. And, you know, when we are baptized, this symbolizes a parallel between our new Christian life and the death Burial and resurrection of Jesus. You know, there is no place in the Bible which indicates that any day has become holy as a result of Jesus' resurrection. And you know, that leads us into question four, which says, Was the Sabbath abolished in the New Testament? We find this answer in Hebrews chapter four, verses four to ten. And it says, For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. 
There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And you know, these verses are telling us that the Sabbath is a perfect symbol of a trust relationship with Jesus. And the Sabbath is also a rest from our work, and it's worship that honors God and demonstrates our love for him. Mm, And you know, the word rest in verse 9 is the Greek word sabbatismos. It literally means Sabbath rest. The Bible is clear. There remains a Sabbath rest for the New Testament Christians. And you know, this brings us into question five. And it says, did the apostles and early church keep the Sabbath? Well, we're going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture to answer this question. And the first one is Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 4. And the Bible says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. And the next verse we're going to look at is Acts chapter 18, verses 4 and verses 11. And the Bible says, And he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath, and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And verse 11 says, And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Paul and the apostles chose to keep every seventh day Sabbath as their worship day. This was the day they spent preaching to both Jews and Gentiles, almost 15 years after the resurrection of Christ. The book of Acts records over 80 Sabbaths observed by the apostles. Yeah, and our next verse is Acts 16, and we're looking at verse 13. And that says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. You know, the apostles went into nature on the Sabbath, the perfect environment for worship and sharing the gospel. Evidently, this was a location where the women often gathered on the Sabbath to pray and to spend quality time with God. Yeah, that's right. And our next verse is Acts 13, verses 42 to 44. And it says, So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. The Gentiles knew Paul's commitment to keep the Sabbath and to worship on that day, so they didn't ask him to come and preach to them for the following day, which was Sunday. They begged him to come and preach on the next Sabbath. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP12 with no spaces to 04888880831. Today we're on study guide number 12, Symbol of the Sun, 
Also, we have an awesome free offer that fits perfectly with our study, so stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is Robbie Morgan with Unlearned. When will we unlearn Our violent treacheries And willfully spurn Our false ideologies When will the tallies of the slain Teach us the same blood Runs through our own veins But we study our war so we know nothing more Are we misinformed? Well, I long for the day We are unloved And when Children, instead of blood, run down our streets. When will our insatiable lust for self give way? When will we, like children, Embrace each other's pain But we study our war So we know nothing more Aren't we misinformed? Well, I long for the day We are unloved Run, run, run. 
We are unlearned. We are unlearned. We are unlearned. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we're exploring the Bible to find out what the symbol of the sun is and how it came into the church. In our study, we have discovered that many ancient cultures worshipped the sun, and this was on the first day of the week. Therefore, they called it Sunday. We looked at all the verses in the Bible that talk about the first day of the week, Sunday, and none of them talk about Sunday being a holy day. However, the Bible tells us that the Sabbath is the Lord's day and that Jesus and the apostles kept Saturday holy. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 12 and we're at question 6. And it says... How did the Christian day of worship change from Sabbath to Sunday? Well, throughout the lifetime of the Apostles and the New Testament writings, there is no evidence of Sunday keeping within the church. The early church faithfully kept the seventh-day Sabbath, but Paul had warned that there would be a great falling away of truth in the church. The church would allow a number of corruptions into it as it moved further away from the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, the process towards Sunday took many centuries and began with a yearly celebration of the Resurrection Day, Sunday. Over time, the church in Rome encouraged this celebration to become weekly rather than an annual event. But the middle of the second century, a number of Christians were keeping two days. The Sabbath was a day of rest and fasting, while Sunday became a religious day of festival. Over time, the religious leaders attempted to distance themselves from the Jews who were seen as troublemakers and the race who rejected and crucified Christ. So Sunday became more prominent and the Sabbath became less prominent. The first day of the week was also a day of celebration to the secular pagans in Rome, a festival in honour of the great sun god. Any move towards Sunday would certainly have been a wise political move. It was the Roman Emperor Constantine who, in 321 AD, first passed the law to put Sunday above the Bible Sabbath. He said, On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and the people residing in the cities rest, and let all the workshops be closed. Yeah, and did you know, this was confirmed in the middle of the 4th century by the church at the Council of Laodicea. Here, they officially claimed to transfer the blessing and holiness of the Sabbath to Sunday. The record from that council says, Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Saturday, but shall work on that day. But the Lord's day they shall especially honor, and as being Christians shall, if possible, do no work on that day. If, however, they are found Judaizing, they shall be shut out from Christ. This resulted in unity between the pagans and the Christians in their day of worship. The Christians had compromised by worshipping on the day devoted to the sun god instead of the day devoted to the son of God. 
You know, a quote from the paganism in our Christianity really backs this up when it says, As a solar festival, Sunday was the sacred day of Mithra, and it is interesting to note that since Mithra was addressed as Dominus, Lord, Sunday must have been the Lord's Day long before the Christian times. The Catholic Church claims to have changed the Sabbath and perceived their ability to do so as a mark of their authority over the religious world. The Catholic Catechism of Catholic Doctrine says, Question. Which is the Sabbath day? Answer. Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question. Why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer. We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church in the Council of Laodicea transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Wow, look at that. And hey, notice these statements by Roman Catholic leaders. This first one is from Cardinal Gibbons, and it says, You may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scripture enforces the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we never sanctified. And Louis Gaston, he says, It was the Catholic Church which, by the authority of Jesus Christ, has transferred this rest to Sunday in remembrance of the resurrection of our Lord. Thus, the observance of Sunday by the Protestant is a homage they pay, in spite of themselves, to the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. It is clear that the Christian world has accepted the authority of human beings within the church over the Bible scriptures. Most Christians today are unaware of this great counterfeit, and God does not hold them responsible for what they do not know. However, when someone discovers the truth, that person needs to immediately put away the errors and the old habits and follow the Lord in love and obedience. Question 7 says, If Sunday is not part of the scriptures, what does it symbolize? Mark 7, 7 and 9 says, And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And verse 9 says, And he said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. You know, Sunday observance is not just a symbol of pagan worship. It is also a symbol of tradition. Yeah, that's so true. And tradition should never be placed above the Bible or God's commandments. You're right. And, you know, what we've learned is, you know, Sunday is purely a tradition and a commandment of man. It has no authority or role in the Christian worship. Question 8 says, What does God think about religious leaders who ignore the Sabbath? Well, we find this answer in Ezekiel 22 and verse 26. The Bible says, Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. And Ezekiel 22 verse 31 says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. One of the major reasons why Sunday keeping has become a tradition is because some of the ministers and religious leaders have closed their eyes to the plain teachings of the Bible. Yeah, and you know, to discard Sunday and keep Sabbath is a life-changing step, especially for religious leaders. 
God will, however, hold these leaders responsible for disregarding his Sabbath. And that kind of leads us into our next question, which is question nine. And it says, what is the primary reason for keeping the Sabbath of the Bible? The answer to that is found in John chapter 14 and verse 15, which says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Any obedience that is not motivated by love for Jesus is a worthless form of worship. Mm. Jesus wants you to love him with all your heart and to obey him in acts of worship that bring honor to him. Yeah, you're right. And you know, Jesus showed his love for you by dying on Calvary. You can demonstrate your love to him through worship, loyalty, and obedience. Are you willing to keep God's commandments? Yeah, you know, why not choose today to have a personal love relationship with Jesus and spend time getting to know him better through keeping God's true Sabbath? So we have an awesome free offer for you that fits perfectly with our study today. So save this number into your phone, 0488880831. That's 0488880831. And wait for the code word that's coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Anthem Lights with Invitation Medley. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace To Jesus I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been exploring the Bible to find out what the symbol of the sun is and how it came into the church. In our study, we have discovered that many ancient cultures worshipped the sun, and this was the first day of the week. Therefore, they called it Sunday. We looked at all the verses in the Bible that talked about the first day of the week, Sunday, and none of them talked about Sunday as being a holy day. However, the Bible tells us that the Sabbath is the Lord's day and that Jesus and the apostles all kept Saturday holy. We learned that the change of the Sabbath to Sunday took many centuries and it was the religious leaders that changed it to distance themselves from the Jews. Therefore, Sunday observance is a tradition or command from man and not God. The Bible is clear that God was not happy with the Jewish leaders when they turned their eyes from the Sabbath. The Bible is extra clear on the fact that God wants us to keep the Sabbath out of love. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table Land Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. Well, from our study today, we have three points that we need to remember here in the studio and for those that are listening. We have discovered through our study today that there is not one text in the Bible which supports Sunday as a holy day. Our next point to remember is that we have heard that the Roman Catholic Church claims to have changed the Sabbath to Sunday. So that wasn't from the Bible, it was from them. And our third point to remember is Sunday worship symbolizes obedience to man over God. Do you guys think that these three points really sum up like the importance of this study? Yeah, it's definitely interesting that we don't find any mention of Sunday observance in the Bible. And um, I think this is a this study is a good reminder of where our priorities should be in terms of tradition versus love for God. Yeah, definitely. It's I guess it's a choice between God and man, and really it's just are we going to choose man over God or are we going to choose God over man? Because who's the infallible one here? Well, that would be God. And, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you can do these studies with people and they don't know. Like we're not here to try and be mean to anybody or tell people that, you know, you're wrong and you need to do this, this and this. We're just here to show you what the Bible says. And we've learned from the study that um, Sunday observance has nothing to do with the Bible. It is a tradition of man and it's not a command from God. And from this study, we need to make a decision on what we're going to do. Are we going to follow man or are we going to follow God? And, you know, I, I really like the fact that these points will help us to go back to the Bible. You know, these wasn't our ideas. This came from the Bible. And if you're not sure, you can go back and read these texts that we've read out to find out, hey, there is nothing in the Bible that talks about Sunday being a holy day or being sacred. Yeah, and that reminds me of a story, and um, it's about a girl named Sissy who met Carlos while she was handing out magazines near a train station in Brisbane. And as they began to chat, the subject of the Sabbath sort of rose up, and Carlos mentioned that he goes to church each Sunday, so the thought of keeping Saturday instead of Sunday was most intriguing. And Sissy opened her Bible and she outlined the Sabbath very clearly and showed Carlos how God was the first Sabbath keeper at creation, and she showed him how the prophets had instructed God's people throughout the centuries to keep the Sabbath. 
She reviewed the beautiful example of Jesus and the early church keeping the Sabbath. And then finally, she pointed out to Carlos that the Sabbath will be kept in the new earth. And as Carlos went through each of these scripture texts, Sissy noticed tears in his eyes. She sensed that the Holy Spirit was convicting him to step out and lovingly obey Jesus. So she asked him a question and she said, Carlos, why don't you join me in keeping the seventh day Saturday Sabbath that Jesus kept? And to her great surprise, he looked at her with tears in his eyes and paused and then said, I can see the Bible is clear regarding the Sabbath, but I can feel the Holy Spirit telling me to keep Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tragically, Carlos made his choice and he walked away and hasn't been since. So what do you think happened in this story and what would you have said to Carlos? Mm, well, that's, that's a hard one, you know, because you've gone through and showed him from Scripture what the Bible says and it's hard because he says here that the Bible is clear, but he thinks the Holy Spirit is leading him in another direction. Mm. And we know that, that is wrong, right? Because the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. The Holy Spirit isn't going to lead us into something against the Bible. Yeah. And I think that's something I would have like at least questioned with him and said, hey, so you know the Bible is clear on the Sabbath, but you think the Holy Spirit is leading you away from the Sabbath. Don't you think there's a bit of a contradiction here. Mm. The Holy Spirit isn't going to lead us away from the Bible. Yeah, I guess I would have said to him, like what you said, Luke, that the Holy Spirit wouldn't say something that's against what the Bible teaches. And, you know, maybe talk to him about how maybe that's a different spirit. You know, you know, it, I guess it's, it could be the devil leading him away. Like, you know, just because he feels it's the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily mean it is. Mm, you're right. Hey, so why do you guys think that so many Christians are unaware of the facts presented in this study guide? Well, I guess, you know, when you think about it, especially if they're, um, if they're a Catholic, mm. you know, other religions, you know, have their own beliefs and try to prove, um, Sunday from the Bible. But when it comes to Catholics, they know they changed it. Mm. And I guess they know that people in their right mind aren't going to, choose a man over God, and so they withheld it. They hide it from people. You know, and I guess it's just unaware of reading Scripture. Like, hey, we read all the verses that mention Sunday in the Bible, and none of them said anything about a holy day. And I think some people just haven't really looked into it, and they've just believed what they've been said. Yeah, I think um, I think it's careful that we don't do that. You know, they're mm. taking the preacher and they're just believing whatever he says. I think we need to, you know, if we just listen to whatever the preacher says and says, all right, that's right, then we're going to fall into the same problem. We need to study it out for ourselves. Mm, For sure. Yeah, I think you guys definitely hit all the main points there. And um, I think it's definitely important that we do study these things because we need to know what the Bible Mm. says and we need to not follow traditions that have been, you know, crept into the church from thousands of years ago. Yeah, you're right, and it's coming back down to studying the Bible for ourselves. You know, we don't want to be hearing, oh, but my pastor said, it's like, I don't care what your pastor said, what does your Bible say? Yeah. You know, that's what's more important. But with that in mind, though, do you think it would be difficult to um, change your day of worship? Why or why not? Yeah, I definitely think it would be difficult because, you know, if, if you've grown up in this context where, Pretty much everyone goes to church on Sundays if they're Christian. So to think that you know, going to church on Saturday is actually correct, that's a big change of perspective and it's a whole different way of thinking about worship. Yeah, and living too, isn't yeah. it? Like that's what they've been doing all this time. Yeah. And there would be this sense of like being deceived 
like, oh, I got it wrong. Mm. And so that would actually make it because none of us want to admit that we got it wrong, right? Yeah. So for someone to change and understand this, there's a part of them that have to go, yeah, I was wrong in this and I need to change and follow what God has said and not what man has said. Yeah, it'd definitely be hard, but I think once you actually know the truth and you've proved it from the Bible to mm. yourself, the actual changing from that day, once you know it's the right thing, it's not going to be as hard as you might think, I don't think, but the real hard thing is going to be those other people that still go to church on Sunday that don't go to church on Saturday and you showed them the truth and they won't listen. Yeah, and that's still um, something that we have to accept, right? We can share this study and give you the information, but it's up to you on what you do with it. We mm. can't force you to do anything with it. Yeah. We're not going to hate you or mistreat you because you don't believe us. We're just sharing. If you don't believe it, then that is your right. We can still be friends. I'm happy with that. But I do think you're right. Like if we're in a mindset of wanting to follow God no matter what, then changing shouldn't be that big of an issue because your whole sense of wanting to follow God wherever he goes will help you to do that. So how do you guys think that we can present this truth, this study to others without sounding like we are judging them? I think you need to remember that whenever we share anything, it needs to be from a heart of love. Mm, for sure. And, um, you know, we share these things from the Bible with an attitude of love towards other people and towards God. And, yep. you know, when we do that, we're not going to come across as judging them or condemning them or anything like that because we're sharing because we love them and we want them to be able to follow God the way that he wants to be followed. Yeah, you know, and we're just going, hey, here's here's the information. This is what the Bible says. Now it is up to you on what you're going to do with it. And we have to be careful of going, hey, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong. Like that's never going to win. The, you might win the argument, but you're not going to win the person. Mm. And it's about the heart and people like following Jesus is what's important. And, you know, for me, sometimes when I've talked to people about this topic, it's like, hey, well, this is what I believe. This is what the Bible says. Like what are your thoughts? Not saying this is truth and you have to believe it. Yeah. Right? It's just sharing it as information. Hey, this is what. I'm seeing from the Bible, like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, April, you definitely stole my what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that we need to do it out of a heart of love and we need to show them that we are doing it. They need to know that we love them and that we care about them. That's why we're telling them this. Mm. Yeah, everything has to be in love because Jesus was love. Yeah. God is love. And that's what we need to be showing. Well, thank you guys for joining us in the studio for another study. We had an awesome day here in the studio. I hope that our listeners enjoyed the study and that it was food for thought. We just ask that you take this information that we've given you from the Bible and look at it yourself. Um, you can download the study guide. You can go through the verses again and come to your own conclusions and see where God is leading you. And we know that if there is something or a spirit leading you away from the Bible, it is not God's spirit. But after doing a study, we always need to respond to our study. So we have some response questions for us in the studio to answer and for you listening. Our first response question is, can you see that keeping Sunday is a commandment of man and not from God? I definitely saw that pretty clearly from this study today. Did you guys? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah and I hope that you know, that's something that we brought across, that you can see that, hey, it is not a command from God. And so then now our next question is, is it your plan to honor God through keeping the true seventh-day Sabbath of the Bible? 
Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's for me too. I want to follow God wherever he leads. And even if it is against the flow and against what everyone else is doing, I want to follow God. Yeah, I think I think we'll find that the right thing to do is always going to be against the flow. Yeah, the truth is always unpopular. Now, if you would like to talk to us about any of the things we've studied today, then you can email us on tablelandexplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But that brings us to the end of our study today. Uh, so, April, would you like to pray for us as we close off our study? Yeah, sure. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for the study that we've had today. And I want to thank you also for the gift of the Sabbath. Mm. And um, please just help us to honor it the way that you would like us to and help us to gain the blessing that we find in it. And um, for any of our listeners out there who might have found this as something new, please just be with them and lead them and guide them into the, the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today we're giving away the book, Is Sunday Sacred? The vast majority of Christians have been taught to observe Sunday as God's holy day in honor of the fourth commandment. But is it right? This brief but thorough book examines Bible texts that refer to Sunday and whether those texts really make Sunday sacred. If Saturday is the Sabbath, why do most Christians keep Sunday? How can we be sure of the right day? Does Jesus' resurrection on Sunday mean that Sunday is sacred? When did Sunday keeping begin? Did the apostles go to church on Sunday? We answered some of these questions in our study today, but this book will go deeper and give you more understanding of the topic. If you would like to get this book to help you understand Is Sunday Sacred, then text the code hashtag TE24. Text that code to 04888880831 and our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we will get this book to you as soon as we can. We have a full box to give away, so if you want one, then you will get one. The code again is hashtag TE24, and you can text that to 04888880831 to get your free copy of the book, Is Sunday Sacred? Our next study is called Who is the Antichrist? Part 1. With such a wide range of views, how can we actually identify the Antichrist? Is the Antichrist an individual or an alliance of evil? Will the Antichrist appear in the future, or is he alive today? And what role will the Antichrist play in the final events of Earth's history? In this two-part series, we will allow the Bible to clearly identify the Antichrist of Bible prophecy. Join us next week as we explore the Bible to discover 10 characteristics of the Antichrist. Thanks for tuning in today to Tablelands Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God bless you and we'll catch you next time.